Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright. The power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so happy that you could be with me. We have got a tremendous show because I have got a, a longtime friend coming on. He um, actually, we lost touch with each other for about five years. He uh, got really sick and he had brain surgery. And because of that surgery, he became blind. But before that, he was a very active radio show host on Law of Attraction Radio Network. And now, even though he's blind, he's um, doing so well that he is back. He's going to have his own show on Law of Attraction Radio Network once again. And I'm just so, so excited. He also has a brand new book on the Law of Attraction. So you're really going to enjoy how he has just turned his life around from desperation to well let me just say rj banks is back and he's living his life to the fullest and he's blind nothing stops him we have another guest on too that you are really going to enjoy kate manzer and she's actually wrote a book about you might die tomorrow. Well, this is really incredible that the two go hand in hand. And I think we're going to learn a lot about how to get through our difficulties, let them be, and just keep on living. Because you never know. Are you going to live your life to the fullest? Or are you going to be living your life in fear because someday it's going to end? Well, the truth of the matter is, it's going to end. But you don't have to be fearful because you can enjoy it now. And I have this big thing that there is no such thing as death anyway. So what are you worried about? Let's live life to the fullest. And this is a going to be a really tremendous show. So stay tuned. You're going to love it. We'll be right back after these messages. It's here. It's hot. And it's a must read. It's the science behind the Law of Attraction magazine. 
Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite law of attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, International Certified Hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Heard by millions worldwide through 38 internet radio stations and in over 135 countries. Be sure to sign up for your monthly updates and get all the latest information on LOA radio events such as cruises, workshops, and seminars, as well as information on the latest shows, topics, and guests. Go to LOARadioNetwork.com and sign up today. Well, welcome back, Rob Banks, R.J. Banks, my dear <laughs> old friend. Welcome back. And you have got a new book and a new partner. And boy, this is great. Welcome, both of you. We're going to uh, really talk about both of your stories because they're quite powerful. So... Rob, let's start with you. Tell us your story. It's been about five years since we last saw each other at the convention for the Law of Attraction. Right. Well, as you know, I don't know how many of the uh, listeners out there know that I used to have a show on on the LOA Radio Network yeah. years ago. And, um, and uh, I wound up with a brain tumor that was, I was told it was inoperable and that I only had less than a year or so to live. And I said, no, I have less than a year or so to find somebody to get this thing out of my head. So I stayed very positive, very optimistic. I was not going to become the victim. I was going to stay the victor. And that's where I jumped both feet in. And I wrote that my first book, The Power of I Am and the Law of Attraction, while I was waiting for surgery. Right, And that's when you and I met, and then that's when you invited me to Palm Springs. And that was like my one of my last hoorahs was to, uh, to speak at the Palm Springs Convention. And then after that, you know, shortly after that, I went in for surgery. And I was happy. I mean, I survived, obviously survived the surgery. So I had the, the brain tumor. They got that out. But uh, along the lines, I lost my vision. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so basically I traded life for vision, which I don't mind. And I was telling you the other day, I love my life more now than I did before because I'm more focused and more in tune with myself and what's going on in the world. 
And I also met Dr. Nongard here uh, shortly after my, uh, my uh, surgery. And I'll let him tell, tell you how, how we met and, uh, yeah. and the story and how we have managed to, to like combine everything about us into one and uh, and it's it just seems to be a winning combination. Yeah, a, a perfect whole. This is great. Please tell us your story. This is fascinating. For sure. I, I met Rob when I was actually teaching a seminar on clinical hypnosis. He was in probably near the back row and I was adjusting the projector or something. I said, can everybody see? And he said, well, no. So I moved the projector and I said, can you see now? He said, well, no. <laughs> I said, you know, okay, you know, I, I put a book underneath it. Can you see it now? He said, no. I, I looked and I realized he had these sunglasses on in the middle of the day and a white cane. And, uh, and he said, I'm, I'm blind. So during the first break, I needed to meet the smart ass. But it was interesting. I had a tumor in my throat at the time. And uh, uh, we didn't have a diagnosis yet, didn't know what the problems were, but I ended up shortly thereafter losing my voice completely. I uh, didn't speak for almost a year. And so as one who earns their living, teaching and doing therapy, where I obviously do talk therapy, I'm licensed as a marriage and family therapist, I speak to clients all day long. Uh, so I called Rob up and with the last voice I had, I said, okay, I got a deal for you. I'm going to see for you and you're going to speak for me and together we'll be able to do perfect. I ended up getting my voice back. He ended up getting a guide dog. So I don't have to be the full-time guide dog. And, uh, and five years later, we've written a couple books together and our new book, Advanced Parallel Programming and the Law of Attraction, shares a little bit of our story. But more important than that, it shares how people can create a bubble of protection from negativity and actually share the law of attraction with the people who they love the most. Oh, this is wonderful. Okay, well, dive in. I'm dying to know about this book. What are you, you're, you're trying to build a hole here? Well, you know, the one thing that, you know, as you know, I've been in this law of attraction since I was a child. Yeah. You know, exactly. My first job was to record Earl Nightingale for my father every morning. And, uh, you know, that little five-minute uh, thing that Earl Nightingale used to do on the radio. So every morning, I'm programming my brain with Earl Nightingale's, you know, great philosophies wow. when I was in fourth grade. And then, and then uh, when I was in the military, I learned about Dennis Waitley, went through some of his programs. And... Then, you know, and I, so I've always had that, that law of attraction with me. And so I got to the point there when I was, when I was sick, that it's like, okay, I have to do something. And. Well, what I want to say is, you know, it's because of what you experienced in the fourth grade and learning from the masters of the law of attraction and the new thought I put my grandkids through that from fourth grade all the way through high school. I mean, they had to listen. So it's because of you that I got them going in it. Good. <laughs> See, and your, your grandkids are lucky that they had you for a grandmother. And Rob was lucky that he had his father having him make those recordings. I grew up in a family that was entirely different. Things weren't positive. Mm -hmm. we, we followed Murphy's Law, not the Law of Attraction. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so when I discovered the power of the Law of Attraction, primarily through the writings of Charles Hanel early on, um, as a young therapist, you know, 30 some years ago, uh, and I found a new manner of living. So 
so the book that we wrote, it focuses on how we can actually share the law of attraction with those who we love, even when there's a lot of negativity mm -hmm. going on. So we start out talking about how we need to protect ourselves, how we need to protect the people who we love from negativity and how we can protect ourselves from all the negative suggestions that come from the media, the news and everything else. So how do you do that? Give us a couple of uh, clues. We call it the three bubbles of protection. So, you know, when we're out there every day, you're getting, you're getting bombarded, if you want to call it. Number one, by yourself. Nobody talks to you more than you, and nobody is more critical of you than you. And as, as, as we have learned in a lot, of, a lot of teachings are, you have to learn how to talk positively to yourself. You have to learn how to have great self-talk and how to love yourself. That's why I have my, affirm, my morning affirmations every morning. I recite, you know, I was like, today is an incredible day. Success, abundance, prosperity are, you know, naturally found their way into my life. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. I'm, this is how I start my day off. And then I do my gratitude journal. So we step off with the right foot. So as soon as that first bubble you have around you, then you walk out into the kitchen and you might have a, a, a nasty spouse that's grumpy or kids or or neighbors or you get to work and it's like nah, nah, nah. you know now you mentioned law of attraction and you get you know oh you know i saw that stupid movie and i sat there and waited for a million dollars to poof into my front room and it never happened <laughs> so it's a bunch of hooey so you put up with this so now you've got another layer of bubble of protection around those your family and those close to you then the third layer is the outermost layer which is the filter to our culture, our society. When you turn on the news, you don't know if it's real or fake news anymore. And all the twisted stuff that's on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we have kind of put together is this three-layered bubble of protection to protect yourself at all three, at all those levels. And we made it easy for people to remember we have three acronyms core. That's how we protect ourselves by changing our self-talk. Mm -hmm. Love is how we create a bubble of protection around around uh, around the people who are in our world. And then our third acronym is FUN, F-U-N, uh, which gives us a bubble of protection for, uh, for the world at home. Because one of the books that influenced me in my work is a book called Joy at Work. Uh, by, uh, by Dennis Bakke. It's a business book. It's not a law of attraction book, but it's a, it was a real powerful book because to me, life should be joyful, whether that's our work, whether that's our relationships. And by creating these bubbles of protection, we can then go on. The idea behind advanced parallel programming is to, is to create congruence between our conscious and our subconscious, but also to create congruence, a parallel state between us and the people around us. So we're working together. We're leveraging the power of the world rather than trying to do this on our own. And that's always more successful. And you know, you know, it's often, you know, we say, well, it's like, you know, I got to look out for number one and don't worry about other people. You can't change other people. You don't worry. But we kind of look at it a little bit different because we influence other people. And if you can influence other people in a positive and loving way, it's all good. It's a win-win for everybody. So that is what, uh, you know, we look at it and say, no, you're not an individual. I'm not going to keep my secret to myself. I want to share it with the rest of the world because the power of collective consciousness is so much greater 
than being isolated, which is ego driven. And the world's just a better place. <laughs> yeah. But along but they- with, you know, first of all, you know, you have to protect, you have to learn how to protect yourself and how to filter and how to react to those different situations. And that's what that part of the book does. So once you get comfortable with that, the next section of the book is how to influence other people with the law of attraction. And that is the, uh, that's where, you know, the advanced parallel, yeah, that's where the advanced parallel programming, because that is, and there's so many different layers of parallel programming that you, that we feel that you should, or you should desire to get in line. Like one, you know, if you're into, into, uh, into, you know, skipping around peace, love, and, and the world's got to be a better place and, and all that stuff. But then you go home and you play World of Warcraft and all these slaughter, kill them up games, and then watch all the movies about killing people and all that stuff. That's really not very being very congruent. I think, you know, we kind of look at it as like, okay, if this is a lifestyle that you want, you kind of have to do that. And then to get your, to get your family to kind of get on page with you, that a lot is lead by example. When people see that you're happy and people see that, oh my God, what's going on with him or what's going on with them, they start perking up. Now, one thing that, that we like is the fact that, you know, our worst critics, if you want to call them that, they're the ones that are sitting there waiting for the I told you so moment. But we turn that into- Those are a- ourselves, right? We're our, our own worst critic. Right. But I'm talking about other people. Uh, other like people. You know, it's like, I got my vision boards up. I'm saying my affirmations and my brother comes over and like, what's this silly stuff? You know, you know, that stuff doesn't work. And, you know, so now you've already learned how to, how to defend yourself from that. But then we show you how to take, for example, my brother, and turn him around and say, look at, I know you think that this is, you know, a bunch of hooey, but look at what I've manifested in my life. What, look at what I've manifested for, you know, mom and look at, you know, and just show the examples. And then that is going to make a big difference in their life, which again, is a win-win for everyone. So you are showing yourself as an example to the other person. But we, you know, when we try to lead by example, it's our natural tendency, I think, to lead by telling how awesome our experience is, rather than leading with compassion. So one of the first chapters in this section of the book is to lead with compassion. And we have people who are negative forces in our life. They're actually telling us that they need somebody to listen, somebody to simply be present with them. And that's usually a great starting point. Then we influence other people by creating what's called a shared narrative. That's again, parallel programming. Mm-hmm. My story aligns with your story. That's why Rob and I, I think really hit it off. Our stories aligned with each other. So if I want to share the law of attraction, I need to become an expert at sharing my own personal story so that you will relate to my experience and we can create a shared narrative together mm-hmm. as our relationship progresses. These are strategies that are truly effective and make a huge difference. Oh, that's very interesting. Very interesting. So we're kind of taking the law of attraction and taking it 
kind of to a new level. Uh, yeah, to a, going beyond the ask, believe, receive, which is kind of basically what's been around forever. And there is stacks and stacks of books and movies and all that kind of stuff about ask, believe, receive. But yet when you talk up to people, and we have done a lot of research and have talked to a lot of people, both that have a very successful um, um, return with their law of attraction. And then we've also talked to people that are very negative about it. And you know, just to find out what is it that makes these people tick? And why does this person not want you know, or believe that, that you can influence it? So, you know, once we found that and found that out, then that's where we kind of like started digging into, okay, how can we influence it? And with him being a, 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 a psychology doctor, really makes it a lot, a lot better. Yeah, yeah. My, my degrees in uh, behavioral science, human behavioral science. So. Uh, just to be clear, my, I'm actually <laughs> licensed as a marriage and family therapist. My master's is in counseling, my doctorate's in leadership. But the book is based not only on our personal stories or the clients that I've worked with or the folks Rob has coached, but also on what the research tells us actually works mm -hmm. to create that alignment. In fact, the book is titled Advanced Parallel Programming and the Law of Attraction. But I wish the subtitle were actually the title. The subtitles, How to Share the Law of Attraction and Bring Abundance to the People You Love. Interesting, interesting. So I live in the desert away from everybody, but I go for walks with my friends. We don't talk about the law of attraction. I simply focus in on experiencing my life in just walking and seeing the beauty. So you're saying you to take it a step further and actually introduce the law of attraction to people that are close by. Well, we, we can we can borrow from the 12 step programs and the 12 the, the step programs tell us we're a program of attraction rather than a program of promotion. That's really powerful. But when we uh, attract, when people become interested in what they see in us as an example, or, or what we're sharing with them because we're sharing from a base of compassion, then we have the ability to engage people at a deeper level, to coach them, to support them. We don't have to have a life coaching course in order to coach our friends or to coach our children. You know, I'm really grateful. I did a TED Talk earlier this year. Uh, my family history was actually pretty rough. Uh, it started out four generations ago with uh, being the first murder in the city of Chicago and ended with my father <laughs> killing himself after oh. a, you know, of a, of a drug overdose. Uh, uh, but my children have never seen me take a drink. Uh, my children have never seen me miss a day of work. I haven't had a drink myself since March 31st of 1988. Wow. Uh, and so a cycle uh, can be broken. We can we can live our best life after adversity. Rob is an example of living your best life after adversity. Many people say the worst thing they could experience is losing their vision. And Rob says, hey, I see with my heart instead of my eyes now. I just saw, I read a thing last night, and yes, I can read with my, my pro I'm telling you, being blind in the 21st century is, is, the best time in the world. Much easier than... Uh, than <laughs> yeah, because everything... Re I have programs on my computer that reads to me. But anyway, um, so I was reading last night, and there was a statistic that was came across on Facebook. I'm on... Uh, there's a couple of really good blind support groups that I'm with. And one came out that vision loss is the number one fear 
higher than cancer and anything else, it is number one on the list of, uh, of fears for human beings. And, you know, when I first lost my vision, it was, uh, I would get on the bus and they always have that first seat or so on the bus for you. So you don't have to try to make your way through people. But I would get on the bus and I just hear all these people scurrying. And I would sit down and I'd be the only one in the front of the bus. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. And then after a while, I was like, okay, five people just ran to the back of the bus. So I was starting to take it personally. And it's like, do I stink? What, do I have bad breath? What's going on? And it's like, and then I started realizing it. And I'm like, I started saying, folks, I'm not contagious. You're not going to go blind if you sit next to me, okay? <laughs> you know me and my sorry. Yeah, yeah. So when I talked to my blind rehabilitation counselor, I said, you know, it's really frustrating because people avoid me, even my friends and family that that were friends and have family before I before I lost my vision. Now they won't even answer my calls or they avoid me. And it was really starting to take, and she said, don't take it personally. She says, blindness is the number one fear that people have. And we, it's, it's human nature to take and when you see somebody else and put yourself in their situation. So if you see somebody, you know, that's lost a leg, you think, well, okay, if I lost a leg, I could have a wheelchair and I have a prosthetic and all that kind of stuff. And they go down the line, but when they see a blind person, it freaks them out and they go, I can't even deal with being blind. So they don't want to have any, don't even want to be near you. So she's like, just God bless them and go on your way. So that's yeah. what I do. Wow. Wow. I didn't realize that. I, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I say that people's number one fear is public speaking, but my number one fear, I didn't realize I had it, was not being able to speak. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I had multiple surgeries and my voice is probably 80% back to what it was before, but that's, that's good enough. And, uh, and it's, and it's great because we have everything that we need each and every day. It was interesting. I met a lady during that time when I couldn't speak because she didn't speak English. And so she said, well, we can't go out because I don't speak English. And so I texted her back. Well, I don't speak English either. And so now we're now, now three years later, we're married and it's worked out perfectly. <laughs> She's right over there on the camera giving him dirty looks. <laughs> and I now speak both Chinese and English. Oh, wow. Good for you. Look what you accomplished. Both. That's great. That's great. So, so in other words, there is no limiting. Um, there's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing the that you can't are the limits that we set for ourselves. Uh, right. Right. Uh, it's self-inflected. Absolutely. I have a, I'll even show you my note that I was going to, right there, that so, I always say cognizant. Our number one setback is, well, there's actually two things, but it's self-sabotage, self-belief, and self-worthiness. And those three, if you can keep those on a high vibrational plane, you can do anything. That's right. And it's, you know, in, in this, with this book, this teaches you how to combat, and, and I don't want to put it in a uh, negative term. I guess that wouldn't be the right. How to stop the limiting beliefs. How, how, to, how to live an unlimited life and share yeah. the, 
with the people around there you. you. Go. Your you. grandkids are living an abundant life because you shared with them. Rob is living an abundant life because of what his father and Earl Nightingale shared with him. Yep. I'm living an abundant life because of what I learned early on in my career as a therapist from Charles Hanel. And the reality is all of the people who we love can live an abundant life just like we are if, if, if we know how to share that. And that's what this book is all about. So and that's why it's, that's it, it's about you sharing that information, whereas some people might get offended about about it and not listen, but you're sharing and demonstrating at the same that's time. That's why we call it enlighten and inspire. And those are the two main things that we do when it when you come to that section is don't try to shove this down people's throat. I mean, I don't know. Well, it it kind of goes to the word sharing implies sometimes me telling you something. What we mean by sharing is literally coming alongside and partnering with somebody. Yeah. So just the other day, Rob and I were at lunch. We usually eat lunch three or four times a week together. And, uh, uh, and, and I'm sharing with Rob because I'm taking the time to share my car. He obviously can't drive any longer. They won't let the dog drive for some reason. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm sharing not just with my words, but with my actions. And so when we share the law of attraction, we need to come alongside people and do it with them. When somebody we love says, oh, I can't do that. Uh, my life sucks. Uh, the future is hopeless. We need to come alongside them and support them and help mm -hmm. hold up their side of the tent uh, uh, so, so that we are there with them. And when we are with them, then we are truly sharing at an engaged level. People's lives are transformed by that. Often we yeah. just don't know how to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's well, so good. Great unless you're a licensed marriage therapist counselor guy like you. The rest of us, we didn't learn. I know I didn't learn that in school. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't. And often with people that hear it and don't know how to take it, they will back out and retreat and that's part of the fear and that's what we are we are eliminating that and bringing in enlightenment if if you will i like that word because that's kind of where inspiring and and enlightening people that's why this you know living by example is such a is such a powerful thing because i mean before as you know before i was the head of radiology at a big hospital up in washington you know i was jumped through all the hoops. I had the, the big fancy house at the Canterwood Country Club and the fancy European cars and stuff. And, you know, a six-figure income. When I got sick, all that stuff went away and I started at the bottom. Right. And as I was telling you the other day, I am happier now than I thought I was five, six, eight, ten years ago. Wow. You know, I was so, so busy and so focused on, you know, trying to climb that ladder and, yeah. oh, my neighbor just bought a new uh, Mercedes 350. I got to go buy a 500 now. You know, I mean, it's just once you get all of that out of your system, so to speak, you just learn to live life happy. And that's what it all boils down to. You can ask pretty much anybody. It's like, what do you want out of life? 99% of the answer is I just want to be happy. I want my kids to be happy. That's the most so, important thing. But, you know, commercialization programs us that you'll be happy when you get this and you'll be happy when you buy that or you'll be happy when you eat that, which is true, but it's a very temporary thing. 
Right. So that true inner happiness, that will stay with you forever because it is yours. That's why I often use the word joy because there's a huge difference between simply being happy in the moment and living joyfully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the Law of Attraction Radio Network, that's why I formed it because we need to get this information, which you just presented, out to the world. And as many people that can tune in and hear it really brings a wealth of information. Yep. That's it so matters important. not where you came from, what you've been through. You know, one thing that I post on my, uh, on my LOA Affirmations um, Facebook page is I love, making, I love making those little, I don't know what they're called, where you make little signs and little things. Yeah, yeah, memes. And, and by the way, uh, anyone who's on Facebook can just search Law of Attraction Affirmations. And that's Rob's group. There's oh, no, LOA Affirmations. LOA Affirmations. LOA Affirmations. And there's a you know, um, 500, Facebook. Yeah, 500,000 people in that group. And yeah, yeah, I remember. Downloadable <laughs> memes. They're pretty cool. So, yeah, so I made, the, I made the, you know, and a lot of it is what I'm going through is like, okay, what do I need to inspire me and to shake me up a little? And I'll make something. But then I post it on the LOA Affirmations thing on Facebook. So I made one a while back. Because I guess I was thinking about driving, but uh, I made one. It's like, you know, your, 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 your windshield is huge. Look at, next time you get in your car, look at how big your windshield is. And then look at how small your rear view mirror is. Now, if you can take that and, okay, I need, you're always going to be moving forward. I've got this big, huge windshield in front of me to move forward. That little mirror is just a little mirror because you don't want to spend all your time. If you spend all your time trying to look in the rear, what just happened behind you, you're not going to be going very much further in the front. You got a whole huge window in front of you. Use it. So, but it's also true that when you are feeling bad and you're doing something to help you and then put it out to the world, that is really the true inspiration. I mean, because bottom line, the message that you're sending out to everyone is really to you. Absolutely. We, oh, yeah. We get back what we give. And yeah. uh, the easiest way to receive is to give. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the 12-step programs, I say, what should you do if you're a newcomer? You should stack shares and clean ashtrays. Why? Because it's going to help you. <laughs> okay. I didn't get that. <laughs> well, in other words, a newcomer in the 12-step programs should be helping other people it's gonna get oh got it oh so, yeah everyone has to clean up the meeting room right so that's what the newcomer should be doing why because by giving to others we end up on the receiving end okay okay <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just not around that that crazy right over your head there, it did i'm sorry <laughs> not, all, not all metaphors work <laughs> That was it. pretty funny. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that's good. So you've set, you got this book out and you're promoting it out there. We're going to get it out to everybody. Where can they find this book? Advancedparallelprogramming.com. That's our website. Or they can simply go to Amazon and uh, look for Advanced Parallel Programming and the Law of Attraction by R.J. Banks and Richard Nongard. Okay, and you have that website. We'll put it up uh, underneath this video. Um, 
you can get print, ebook, and audiobook also. Oh, good. Good. Wonderful. So where does it go from here, guys? What are you planning to do together? Well, we've already started working Taking on Taking over that. the world? Yeah. I've actually started working on the next project. <laughs> and, oh, what's that? I'm like having to pull back the reins on him because he keeps wanting to, I'm like, dude, we need to finish this one. <laughs> yeah. I've, written, I've written about 20 books and uh, Robert, Rob's helped me on a couple of them. Uh, we co-wrote a book on business together. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to sharing these ideas with people um, with our books. Yep. And uh, this book has been real successful just in the couple weeks it's been out. And so we're looking forward to uh, even build, building further on that success. Writing is a great way to get the word out because so many people can enjoy it and learn from it at their own pace. And with Rob being an audio engineer, uh, also, we have the audio version out. So mm -hmm. even people who are visually impaired and can't read it, yeah. uh, or people who are busy driving their car and shouldn't be reading while driving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, right. But that's how a lot of people do yeah, uh, listen now. Works. Yeah, it really works well. And you are, are also um uh starting a new show on law of attraction radio that was my next thing i was gonna say i don't know if i should let it out of the bag yeah but, but uh we we uh we just kind of like finalized stuff the other day so richard is going to be joining me and we will be doing an advanced a, parallel uh, programming podcast an advanced parallel programming and the law of attraction uh radio show right here on the law of attraction radio network that's and yes, right. That's Pete that says that when you listen to other shows. Yeah, I was going to say every show that we have on the network starts off with Rob <laughs> saying, You are listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. We've had that for years and years yep. and years. Yep. Every show. So uh, you have been with us the whole time, Rob. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking forward to everybody tuning in. I don't know when we're slotted, but as you know, you have a live show and then you can always go back and uh, listen, you know, download and listen, or, you know, you can listen on what iHeartRadio and iTunes. Oh, we're, we're on so many. Yes. Yeah, but like we'll have a show page for you and everybody can go to your show page and find out the place that uh, they want to listen. They always pick their favorite place. Uh, that we've got so many of them, so well, we they can come to Las Vegas and we'll do a live show for them. Oh, yeah, you'll have to have an event in Las Vegas, and you'll have to come on our next cruise. Mm -hmm. I don't know when that's going to be, but I'll guess I'll start working on it. I already bought my ticket. <laughs> Rob's ready. I'm All right, ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you. It's so good to see you again, Rob. It's so nice to meet you, and we are um just going to go forward with a great new show. And I'm so glad that you guys are back with us. Thank you, Jules. And to everybody listening. Yes. And more on the law of attraction is coming your way. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Well, welcome, Kate Manser, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. This is so nice to meet you. Thank you, Jules. Happy today. It's a great day to be alive and a great day to be here. Yes, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. So you have a new book called You Might Die Tomorrow, which is an eye-catching book <laughs> uh, because yes. it grabs your attention right there. 
So I have a feeling that this interview is going to do the same thing. So tell me what got you motivated to write a book like this? Yes, absolutely. So I had a kind of a crazy year five years ago. Um, you know, I, I was just like everyone else. I never really thought about death. I kind of went along in my life, assuming that I'm going to live to all 87 years of statistical life expectancy. And, um, you know, I was in my late twenties and in the span of six months, three of my friends died in random tragedies, just totally unrelated. And, and they were all around my same age. And so all of a sudden I went from never thinking about death to thinking, oh my God, like, first of all, grappling with the grief of my friends, you know, losing them, but also thinking like, if someone, if a friend of mine can die at 27, like, oh my gosh, I might not get to live to 87 years of statistical life expectancy. And so I went through a year after that of just being totally consumed with the anxiety of death, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have gone through a period of, of this in our lives where we're just like worried that death is around every corner. We're, we're grappling with grief. And, and I dealt with that for a year. It was to the point where I could barely get to sleep because I'd have the movies in my head going of getting the call that my mom died or it was hard to drive because I was always afraid that I was going to crash and that was going to be my last moment. But what popped me out of that was real was a, a friend of mine was climbing Mount Everest and he actually died in the Nepal earthquake while he was climbing Mount Everest. Oh but that God. caused, yeah, but that caused me to look at my fear of driving and fear of every single phone call and see how ridiculous it was that I'm wasting my life in fear of death when I could be channeling that energy instead into living my most vibrant expression while I still have time. Right, right. So, so give us then the preview of how your book goes. What are we going to get into the first part of it? So, you know, when, when I had this realization that um, if I stop denying death and, and embrace it and make it a part of my everyday life, that it made me come alive more than anything else. I got very, you know, kind of obsessed with this idea. And I realized that there is so much research and there are so many books and songs and talks about this topic, but it's kind of like a little underground, like not many people are talking about this power of embracing your mortality. And so I started researching like a fiend, right? I was just loved consuming all of this um, information. And so the book starts out with my story of, you know, I just gave you the Cliff's Notes version, sure. but the story of how I went from being a normal person to a person just on fire to live um, by thinking about death every day. And then it goes into, you know, examples of other people who have, you know, had near-death experiences or who are hospice workers and have become really intimate with people who are actually dying and then gotten the advice from them or people who have gone through really profound grief and the lessons that they have. Um, just to kind of prove like this is, this thinking about death can impact your life positively in a, in a lot of different ways. And then I actually go into the psychology of mortality awareness and how um, regularly thinking about your death and um, living your most meaningful life is the best way to reduce the fear of death because you know, the fear of death is universal and um, I, I have not overcome it. Like it's not gone. And so in order 
for us to live that vibrant life, we have to accept that fear of death and learn how to use it productively. And then I close with the um, practical tips of how to incorporate death into your everyday life. Um, I have a deathbed meditation that I wrote that allows you to have the experience of through meditation, be on your deathbed and look over your life now to have that profound perspective. And then the book closes with an exercise that I called the, the Delta assessment that takes you through, you know, what is important to me in my life and assign a score to all the different aspects. And then how am I spending my time and assign a score there and see what is the difference between what you want out of your life and how you're spending your time and energy to see where you're misaligned. So metaphysically here on the program, we usually talk about there is no such thing as death because you're going to continue your life on behind the curtain. You, you know, we're not going to really know about it, but to us, there is no such thing as death because we go on and on and on yes. metaphysically. Is that where you're coming from too? Oh, absolutely. So one book that I recommend people read is Anita Morjani's book, Dying to Be Me. Which yeah, is, she's know, been on my show a couple of times. She's oh, fantastic. And her vision that she had in her near-death experience of all of us, every living thing in this interconnected tapestry of consciousness and existence, like I've never heard it better explained than, than by her. And I absolutely believe that. And so, but I think regardless of whether you believe in reincarnation, afterlife, you know, a shared consciousness that continues to propagate, we have this time now to live and enjoy and love. And so many of us have this growth mindset. We want to be productive. And so what is the best way to motivate us to make use of the time we have now? Well, I don't know about you, Jules, but I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> I work best on deadlines. And so to think that my life stretches on forever and eons and many, many lives can make you complacent in this life. But if you put a deadline, like whether I have 50 or 100 lives or an afterlife in heaven, whatever, I have this time in this meat sack now to make something wonderful. You know, death puts that deadline and, and motivates you to make the most yeah. of it today. I can see that I've I've never really put, had it play, put to me that way before. So, but it makes a lot of sense. It's um, and it's still uncomfortable to think about death and dying. Uh, we've all gone through our parents dying or friends or whatever. So, it's always amazing to think. Well, we've got to stay in the present moment. We've mm -hmm. got to appreciate what we're doing. So that's basically what you're saying is, hey, you just might die tomorrow. Get it together now and enjoy right now. And that's basically what we talk about constantly as well is because we really can't manifest the life that we want if we're in fear or yeah. in a negative vibration. We have to get into that mind frame that, wow, it's fabulous right now. Yes. Oh my gosh. And, and to think about for me, like what raises my vibration is tapping into my feeling of being alive and really delving into that present moment. And, and then I think that that also helps to propagate the law of attraction. So if you take time to enjoy the sunset 
or dance in your kitchen or examine the simple beauty of a leaf that you pick up off the ground. Like you're raising your vibration by just like fully experiencing the wonder of existence all around us. And to me, that's what, what makes me feel alive. And, you know, whether that is the law of attraction, which I fully believe it is, or also the scientific, like you're creating that neuroplasticity and like that positive response to the world around you. Both of those together create this life where you can live every day in wonder and joy of the simple beauty of just being alive. Absolutely. So it's, it's good if you think, gee, I just may die tomorrow. Yeah. What am I going to do today? So it's actually a great reminder that there's more to today than you really imagine. Yes, absolutely. You really got to purposely embrace everything that's going on. Yeah. The yeah, good, I bad, mean, and the ugly. Well, yes. And, and again, going back to that like deadline on life, it, it's also about like supply and demand. If we have a lot of something, we tend to view it lower. And so if we view our life and our time as a scarce, even if, even if it may not be scarce, if we view it as scarce, the value then goes up. And so part of it is that supply and demand. And part of it again, is that really just, you know, life can be hard and we can get caught up in the washing machine of all of these low vibration things that bring us down all, I call them dentist appointment obligations, just all the things that you don't really want to do, but you kind of have to do. Yeah. And, um, but, but there's something about the perspective of being either in a scarce mindset of life or actually a mindset at the end of life that imparts this profound clarity to what our desires are, what we, how we want to live, how we want to be remembered. And, um, and so that's what I try to harness with, you know, the deathbed meditation that I do. And I have this other thing called the deathbed gut check, which is a five second way to tap into your, um, your deeper meaning uh, is looking at something with that scarce mindset of being at the end of your life. Suddenly all those dentist appointment obligations and worries and what other people think falls away and you're left with the gold, you know, you're left with the jewels, jewels, like the important, really beautiful stuff. So when you think about death though, when your friends, you lost your friends and everything, do you think about how beautiful that death could be? It's so complicated, right? Because how can you, you can, it's impossible to extract the sadness from death. Like mm -hmm. death is an ending, whether what, regardless of whether you're, what you believe happens after our physical bodies die, something ends and that's, that's hard. And, and when we lose someone we love, that's hard. Y even if we think we might meet them in the future, we miss them in the, in the present. And so I think that we have to accept that complex nature of, of what death is in our life. It will always have sadness. There will always be some element of fear, but it's also a natural part of being a human. And it can also, again, inspire a lot of positive emotions and actions while we're alive. And so, yes, I think to lean into the benefits that mortality awareness can give us, you do have to look at death as that like everyday natural part of life and that it is this like part of this beautiful cycle, but you also have to accept that it is um, tough and it's, it's hard and it's scary. And all of that just makes it this beautiful, very human 
part of the human condition. Sure, but it's, it's only hard to those who remain. Yeah. It's yes. not really hard for the ones who died mm -hmm. because they're experiencing perhaps even the most miraculous cover, colors on the planet, you know, and they're able, they're not restricted by this time space that we are in this density. Yeah. And so what they can experience, maybe we need to change our mindset from that of, of pain to that of absolute joy because yeah. they get to experience, oh my God, this, this vastness uh, of creativity. Yeah. To me, there's, uh, that's the way that I had to train my mind to view death. It's painful for those who remain, but it's not painful for, for those who die. Yes. That's so beautiful. And, you know, many people believe that, you know, our soul and our consciousness has a kind of, you know, a lot of people talk about the life review on your deathbed, but there's also the soul's life review. That is, it's really unbound wow. by judgment. And you just get this chance to impartially look back over your life. And so you can, just like you said, you can kind of be excited about like, I'm going to get to see these amazing colors and this tapestry, and I'm going to have my eyes open to this new level of, of consciousness and perspective. And I think we can use that also as motivation to say, I want to have the highest vibration life that I can so that when my soul looks back over, I have this like unending light and joy streaming out and this amazing perspective. Uh, that is so cool. That is so cool. So it has opened you up to living a full life. You're writing a book or you've written a book that's coming out in, when did you say, May? Next month. Yeah. Next month. February 2020. Oh, nice. And um, we can actually go to youmightdietomorrow.com to find out more information. Yes, absolutely. And you'll find more about my story there and how I've just radically changed my approach to life and, and have this new commitment to higher vibration living and enjoying my life as much as I can. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful experience if you can open your, open your mind to living like you might die tomorrow every single day. I can imagine. Now, uh, is this your first book? It is. Wow, good for you. And what an exciting first book because it really is an eye catcher. Yes, I'm hoping that, you know, people will, you know, see it and, and begin to open their mind. And like I said, this has been a movement for five years. And when I started it, I had never really heard of anyone else talking about this power of mortality awareness. I'm certainly not the first. This has been talked about for since the beginning of time in ancient philosophy. Uh, but I'm trying to modernize it and bring it to the human consciousness because, you know, it is a part of life and it can make you come alive in weird, wild and wonderful ways and help you appreciate every single moment. And, um, and so that's the journey that I'm on. I feel this higher mission to spread this awareness and, and everything I do, whether it be the movement that I started five years ago, that's been growing beyond my wildest expectations to this book, to the art installations that I do. It's all about getting the message out that thinking about your death can actually make you come alive. 
Oh, isn't that, that's a great way of looking at it. So we can um, live a bigger, more magnificent life once we get rid of our fears. And, and we've all known from <laughs> the beginning of time also is that our stopping point of living life to the fullest is always fear. Yes. That's the bottom line. Once okay. we reduce that, then we can really gravitate towards the greatness. Yes. And what breeds fear that, that I believe and, and many people believe is denial. Oftentimes when we deny something and we push it under the rug and we, we pretend like it doesn't exist, the fear just grows and breeds where if we can gently pull it into the light and begin to examine our fears, suddenly they become less scary. And yeah. so that's what I want to do with this, with this project is to bring this idea of death as morbid, take it out of that closet and bring it into the natural part of human existence and, and help people understand the benefit that it can have if we can just begin to face that fear, like you said. You know, and, and it's really our fear has to do, what if something happens and we no longer can walk or we no longer can see? Mm -hmm. It's that we're still then looking at the dark side rather than what we can accomplish, even though we don't have the, the means to walk or the means to see. We can still live a full life. And I think that fear of death and the fear of being in pain or fear of being restricted in some way is kind of the same. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think that, you know, you can, you can dwell on the fear of dying or, you know, not being able to walk or not being able to see or for a higher vibration version of that same thing, you can be appreciative that you're alive, appreciative that you can see, appreciative if you have an able body that allows you to do the things that you love. And then that, that just, again, raises that vibration and, and creates that level of attraction to more of that, that good that we're seeking. Yeah. So uh, it's, really, it's really fascinating. It really is. And um, where can we find your book? Uh, of course, I want to remind everybody the name of the website is youmightdietomorrow.com, but will we be able to find it on Amazon? Oh, yep. It'll be on Amazon and all the, the channels. And the, there will it will also be sold on my website where you can get special packs that have one-on-one um, -on -one sessions with me to talk about, you know, facing your fear of death or doing something meaningful in your life, as well as some swag options. Um, but I do have a special offer for the Law of Attraction radio listeners, which is I invite them to go to my website, all of you, and um, you can get a free sticker. I'm so passionate about getting this message out into the world um, and helping people live like you might die tomorrow every day and, and live the life that is most meaningful and vibrant to you that, um, yeah, go to you might die tomorrow.com and, um, just give me your mailing address and I will have a, you might die tomorrow. So live today sticker mailed directly to you with no cost. Wow. How wonderful. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of skydivers mm. because they're jumping out of that plane. Are they really sure that they're going to hit the ground? So it's like to be a skydiver, you kind of have to face your fear, right? Oh my gosh, Jules, you've totally hit it on the head. 
right, like skydiving or my friend who was climbing Everest. Like to do that, you really have to face death. But if you think about it, driving a car is just as, if yeah. not more dangerous. We're in near death situations every day. Every day that we get out of our car or hoist ourselves out of the pool or you know, walk down a set of stairs, we've had that near death experience and we too can tap into an Anita Morjani-like you know, appreciation for being alive. And so I just want people to remember that you don't have to skydive. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to travel around the world unless you want to, then please do those amazing things. But there's also small ways that you can feel grateful for being alive. And that is to every morning you wake up, just say to yourself, I'm alive. I have another day. You know, it's a bonus day or really spend time with your kids and, and have that feeling of being alive. Or again, watch that sunset. Um, those are all ways that we can um, make the most of our time here. Great and small. You know, and that reminds me with Anita, she actually was on her deathbed and she had that near death experience. And when she came back within four weeks, the doctors were amazed. She healed herself. Mm -hmm. So in that precise moment, when you're letting go of the fear, releases everything you need to come to you. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a major surrender point where you finally get out of the way and just say, okay. Well put. Very well put. Yeah. It's yeah. wonderful. This is a, a fantastic book. I'm going to urge everybody to go out and get it next month. Um, but go to your website, youmightdietomorrow.com, and just check it out. Get all the information. Um, it's, it's something that we need to look at more closely and understand yeah. that life is really precious and it's okay. Everything's okay. It's, it's working out the way it's supposed to be working out. Absolutely. And if, if nothing else, if you forget everything else or get overwhelmed with living a meaningful life or facing death, just remember, have fun every single day. Enjoy your life. And that is the best way to live this life and die without regrets is to just have fun and, uh, and enjoy your life. And I think then we can all enjoy the, the ripple effect that that will create across our, our life and our communities and our universe. That is wonderful. That is so wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this. And uh, I hope you'll come back when you write your second book, especially because I got a feeling it's going to blow everybody's mind. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jules. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.